Where do we begin with this? I mean, you do everything. You sing, you dance, you act, you know, you you do stunt work, you do modeling. I mean I do dishes, I mow the lawn. You do dishes. <laughs> um and look at that hair, by the way. How could you not be a model? Oh with, I appreciate with that hair. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, at, at this point I'm I'm just happy that I still have the hair. Um I've you know, I've been fortunate in that um like one of the jobs that I've had uh, living in Vegas. You're, you're in Vegas, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So you know that um, you get a lot of um, convention work that comes to town. And, you know, a lot of times it's like earth moving equipment or um, there's the magic convention, which deals with um, apparel and, and clothing. Um, the, the conventions that I tended to work a lot um, were the hair show conventions. So I was, um, I was a hair show model. So I worked for like, um, Paul Mitchell, Sebastian, uh, Matrix, uh, Wella, uh, Redkin. And, you know, the kind of the cool thing is that, um, like my hair takes a lot of damage and can be processed and just kind of bounces right back. So knock on wood, um, that's been kind of a, a blessing, but then they give you like, after the, the convention or the modeling show is over, these companies will give you a bag full of their products as well as, you know, your, your pay. And so I had this huge stock of great hair products for such a long time. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really cool, um, um, opportunity and, and a lot of fun to do. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I, um, been in the enter entertainment industry, uh, I think I got my first professional gig at 17 and I was growing up in Texas. And, um, so just in a nutshell, like if, if I was to do this as a, like a bullet point sort of thing, uh, when I was in my teens, um, I took, you know, singing and dance lessons. So I did musical theater and I also worked at Disneyland and, and, um, and Six, Six Flags. Flags. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I read about that, man. That, that's right. interesting. Do you like roller coasters? I, I can't stand them. <laughs> you really? <laughs> it took me a while to um, uh, to actually like them. Yeah, I, I know. I understand, man. Um, but yeah, I, I do now. Yeah. What's uh, why do you not like roller coasters? I, you know what, man? I have a fear of heights and, you know, I like, you know, adrenaline rushes. Like I used to box. I played drums, you know, played. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. Thank you, man. Okay. Yeah, I like to do that kind of stuff. So I went to New Jersey to visit family back home, and they took me to Six Flags. They put me on a roller coaster that I felt like we were in around the, uh, I'm going to say, down south area. I felt like this thing was going to send me to outer space and launch <laughs> me into Connecticut. Like, because okay. all you had was like this little strap on your shoulder, right? You, okay. And I'm like, this isn't secure. What if the hydraulics break off this thing? <laughs> so I had a, like an anxiety attack. And meanwhile, okay. my, my niece at the time, who was like 10, she's like, woo, like you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh, kind of getting used to, um, um, what is it, chaos and just being being able to embrace the situation, man. But yeah, I, I, I used to have panic attacks when I was, when I was a kid and um, just – yeah, roller coasters was one of them, and then I think I absolutely I think one one day I finally got tired of of being scared, and I 
you know, kind of faced it and decided to embrace it. So um, I'm, I'm better now. I, I don't mind doing roller coasters. But, uh, yeah, you got to face your fears, right? Isn't that yeah. a great thing when you have the opportunity to conquer something that you were scared of, you know? But then there's Definitely. always going to be like another obstacle, but that's what keeps us sharp. Let's talk about your roots, man. Um, you were born in Bangkok. I was born in Thailand. Yeah. Um, my family and I immigrated to the States uh, in the late 70s and um, we settled in, in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I, I played some sports growing up, uh, competed for the for the uh, the high school team. I, I played football, I played basketball and I also ran track. And um, then uh, I don't know, like I was in choir because I just I don't know, for whatever reason, I got this weird notion as a kid that I, I wanted to be a singer. I think like, like earlier on, um, like in life when I used to be, um, a, a child, there were other, you know, little kids in my neighborhood. We used to get together and play games together. And one, one of the, the little, you know, um, activities that we did growing up was, um, you know, that was about the time that MTV first came out. And at that time, MTV used to play music videos. 24 seven. Uh, they, they didn't have like any programs or anything. I mean, they had commercials and whatnot, but they just played, you know, there'd be a block of like hip hop songs and there'd be a block of like rock songs. So they switched it up like that, but they always played music videos. Um, I guess like, you know, MTV two does that now I heard, but, um, so anyways, we, the kids and I, in our neighborhood, we had like a jam box and uh, one kid would have like a couple of sticks and they would pretend to be a drummer. And, um, you know, some of the other kids would have like these, um, you know, tennis rackets. and They would turn them upside down and play them like guitar and bass. And I was always the singer of the group. And, you know, I had a I was short enough to where I had um, a, a vacuum cleaner, like an upright vacuum cleaner. And I used the handle the back of the vacuum cleaner as like a microphone. So I got this weird, crazy notion as a child that, you know, I really liked playing that, that I wanted to be a singer. So I got into choir and started learning how to sing. And at the, the high school that I went to, we had a, we had a, what's called a, a swing choir or a show choir. And it, uh, it's basically, um, you had to audition to get in and they only accept, um, a total of 18 people it's like nine guys nine girls uh, one couple was the, the alternate uh, uh, couple or you know like they would be like a fill-in in case uh, some couple got hurt or couldn't make it but um, we learned simple step touch choreography and partner work and tap and we sang and uh, from that point I kind of got interested in learning to dance and you know growing up in Texas and um, being from a, a, an Asian household, um, you know, like my, my family was really big on education. My mom and my grandmother were both teachers and, um, you know, they, they were really big into, you know, just getting your degree and getting a good job and whatever, you know, like normal. But, um, you know, I had this crazy notion where I wanted to perform and, um, I was talking to my choir teacher at the time and, and, you know, I was, I had auditioned, I made it into the swing choir and I got really interested in dance. And, you know, my teacher was like, my choir teacher was like, well, Paul, what do you want to do when you get older? And I was like, well, I kind of want to be a dancer. And, you know, my teacher's like, well, you know, if you want to be a dancer, you need to take dance lessons. And I, you know, I thought about it. And I was like, you know, that's, 
I guess I do. And so I was like, um, how do I go about getting dance lessons living in, you know, the suburb of Dallas? And, you know, my, my parents probably would not really be into it. It'd be an extra expense uh, for them. So um, there was a dance studio that was by my house and I didn't know anybody there. They didn't know me. I just worked up enough courage and nerve to walk in off the street and ask to speak to the owner. And I introduced myself and um, um, in Texas, you know, there's not a lot of guy dancers. And, uh, you know, I was like, um, I, you know, if you're willing to give me a dance scholarship uh, and let me take classes, I'll be willing to perform in your, your show at the end of the year for the parents and everything. And I'm also, I'll be willing to compete for you. And, you know, she probably, her name was Diane Cole Johnson. She passed away um, a few years ago, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, she probably thought that I was going to, you know, take lessons and then eventually, um, you know, just fizzle out and not ever show up again. But I just kept coming and kept taking class and kept learning. And then I basically I kind of got good enough to where I started auditioning for, you know, it's it's Texas, so there's not a whole lot of dance gigs there but um i did get some music videos there and some convention work and i did get hired at disney or excuse me at uh, six flags over texas that was my first job i remember like at that time minimum wage was 335 an hour oh man yeah yeah man and um and, yeah and this is and this is like theme park stuff too so you know like have you you ever worked in a theme park before? No, I haven't, but I've been to many of them, so okay. I, I get the gist of it. I've seen what happened a couple times when I was at Disneyland to Mickey Mouse. The kids run up to him and punch him in his balls or something <laughs> like that. You what know, like, they, they take abuse. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, There, there's that. Yeah, that happens. Luckily, we didn't have to deal with that because we were up on stage, and then at the end of the show, you know, we take a bow, and then we go backstage. But, um, so, I remember, like, minimum wage was three thirty-five. But we got paid four twenty-five an hour. So uh, in our out, we had six shows a day, um, five days a week, and they rotated cast and stuff. So it all worked out to where you ended up, you know, working five days a week. But I remember I barely made uh, over two hundred dollars a week gross, and then after taxes were taken out, it was just under two hundred bucks. But I was, you know, doing something that I like doing, and. Um, then eventually I, I, I needed to find a way to get out of Texas. And so that, that, that was in my teens. And so then um, the, there was a, a cruise ship company that came to town and they held auditions and, you know, I went and auditioned and I didn't make it. And so I figured out, you know, what I needed to do to strengthen my auditioning skills. So I had to take ballet for like really steady because that's something that they really look at. So studied ballet very intensively and then the next time they came in that's when I, I went in and they they hired me so i went to work for princess cruise lines in my 20s so in my 20s i spent my time you know traveling and working on board cruise ships and um eventually you know i i, I got a chance to to go to like the orient uh the mediterranean uh, South America, Alaska, Hawaii. It was, uh, it was a really cool experience. You get a chance to work with people from other countries and, and you know, it really broadens your mind, you know? So um, that was my 20s. And then in my 30s, 
what had happened on the ships was I eventually met this casino dealer and she's from uh, Budapest, Hungary. Um, we got married and then we eventually moved to Las Vegas uh, in 1999. Where in Vegas oh. did you uh, um, do this? So we, we moved to, to Green Valley. Oh, okay. Green Great Valley. area. Very nice area. Yeah, yeah. 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 How long you... over there too. They don't, the slot machines are a little tight, but it's fun. <laughs> are you a gambler? Mild, you know. I mean, we go out every once in a while. We got a nice local casino over here. Luckily, we have good bartenders that take care of us. Because if we get our asses handed to us, at least we go home, you know, okay. feeling nice. Right. <laughs> you know, like right. they, well, they cool, give you man. a good bus. <laughs> hey, you know, thanks for your deposit. And, um, well, here, here's another drink. Exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. but Green Valley is, is, is very nice. Um, so I just want to recap a couple of things real quick before we move to your Vegas venture. Sure, um, sure. You talked about MTV. Okay. <laughs> what the hell happened? It became reality TV. Like, I remember coming home from school one day, and, and I turned on the TV, and I'm like, what is this show? It's like <laughs> the real world. And I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for, like, the top 10 know, yeah. videos. And that's what got me into music is watching MTV, right. watching, like, Motley Crue. Right. And, you know, uh, hip-hop Inception and metal Inception. Right. And then all of a sudden it was God. And, <laughs> yeah. and then the first, like, real pay-per-view started in terms of, like, you know, content, I forget what it was called, like the video jukebox where you had to pay like two dollars oh, to really? watch okay. a video that you liked. Oh yeah, really? we had this okay, I don't remember that. I mean right. they charge you for everything. They, oh, they charge God. you for taking a piss. You can go to YouTube <laughs> and type it in for free nowadays, man. Um but yeah, that's right. I remember the real world started on MTV and that yep. kind of started a more everything. You know, like you heard of that song Video Killed the Radio Star? There's uh well reality killed the video star so um brother this is why you're my brother from a different mother <laughs> I say that all the time I would tell anyone that would listen now uh, real quick about singing um you mentioned that you know you, you sang uh, do you have a favorite singer favorite band um if I had to pick um George Michael oh dude uh, Careless yeah. Whisper mm -hmm. yeah I mean like Damn. close i mean of course you know freddie mercury is super that. amazingly talented but you know he was like from a different generation than me but i kind of grew up you know listening to george michael uh, a lot and you know i just he's kind of kind of like a guilty pleasure i suppose but um but yeah there i just remember there you know there were some times when you know you're going through some emotional stuff and that, that was kind of the stuff that i tended to listen to but yeah very very talented individual and i got a chance to see him in concert in vegas um before he passed so uh but yeah how about how about yourself how who, who, who do you like you know you mentioned freddie mercury and if there was anyone to ever you know come in and at, at the point when george was still with us to sing for queen he would have been the proper fit, okay yeah you know I, no think, doubt. I, think, I think George Michael did. I, did I want to say he did once or twice, right? He did a couple yeah. things. I thought, yeah, yeah. I think and, he did uh, somebody to love. Yeah. Each morning I get out my diary, can barely stand great, on my feet. Great, great singer. Mm -hmm. I love Bobby Kimball Toto. Okay, uh, is, is my guy, my hero. Uh, great guy, and you know I had the opportunity to work with him and also have him on the show and and 
it just calls me. And what's great about Bobby Kimball is that he talks exactly how he sings. Oh, really? Okay, right on. Oh, so he'll call you like, "Hey, John, I can't, I can't sing. I'm a drummer." Okay. But he'll call you and he'll like be like, you know, hitting notes and shit. With okay. His I'm like, right this is cool. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny how that works. But um, you also mentioned sports. Um, you know, Vegas, big sports book area. We're gonna be a segue into Vegas in a moment. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite sports? Uh, I, you know, I haven't really been uh, paying a whole lot of attention to it. I mean, I, I love watching soccer i think just because i traveled a lot internationally and sometimes when you're in europe um you don't get a chance to watch like american football so um i had kind of gotten into watching some rugby and some soccer um you know it's it's very foreign to a lot of americans um but my like my favorite um uh club team is juventus which is uh an italian football team out, out of uh Milan. and um yeah and my favorite uh, national team is i don't know I, I like italy um but i haven't been watching that though either i've just been i don't know like i i'd gone through um, a divorce a few years ago and that's kind of what prompted me to move to los angeles and continue uh performing and and pursuing acting and um and i've just kind of been focused on on work and career these days brother Awesome, man, which I can't wait to talk about because I, I, got, I got a lot of questions for you. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> about it. Your, okay. about yeah. career. So oh, thank you. right now you get to you get to Vegas, you move to Vegas. Um, is this mm. where you became a stuntman? Um, so in Vegas, um, I OK, how long have you lived there? I'm here now six years. OK, um, so the first show that I got into uh, it was at it was at the Stardust Hotel, uh, which has now been torn down. Um, yep. But it was called Enter the Night, and it was kind of okay. So I I had gotten a job. My okay, my my wife or ex wife at the time couldn't work for a while. We were filing for her um, her work uh, permit and her visa, right? And and, and so because uh, she's from Hungary. And so I got a job selling cell phones, you know, in the meantime to um, pay for stuff uh, until I can, you know, get hired in a show. And it lasted for about three months. And I finally got hired. And my first show was called Enter the Night. Um, it was at the Stardust. And I remember um, I had gone in, like the, the production manager gave me uh, a couple of comp tickets to go and watch it. And so my wife at the time and I went and watched it. And then I went backstage to go and, you know, meet the cast and, and talk to, to, to the production manager about getting, you know, paperwork and all that stuff done and getting scheduled. And I just remember it was just kind of a surreal um, experience because, you know, coming from cruise ships, like a majority of the uh, people that were, you know, taking cruises and I was doing like the, the more what they call the super exotic cruises which tended to be like Mediterranean or the Orient or you're in Australia or something. So the people that can actually afford to go on those were, I mean, the median age was like about 75. And so you're doing like a lot of um, like forties and fifties, big band type uh, songs and couple dancing and tap bits. And then when I, and then when I went to Vegas and I got into enter the night, enter the night was one of those, 
topless review type shows. And that was my first time to, to work one of those. I remember I was backstage after the show and there are all these girls running around. Oh, hi, how are you? Oh, my name is so-and-so. And then they got their boobs out. And, and I'm like <laughs> trying really hard just to keep staring at their eyes because it was just like, and they're just walking around like it was, you know, like it was a normal thing. Business. It's yeah, business. yeah. It was just, you know. Eye contact had to be really hard. Right. Yeah, <laughs> But it was just, I just remember it was just such a weird experience. And then um, also getting into that show because, you know, it was like a sexier kind of show. Um, like there were two numbers that the guys were in. And just to give you an example, like our costumes for those numbers, we wore like these uh, knee-high boots with knee pads and, and a G-string and that was it. And so, yeah, so that you got kind of comfortable being in your own skin, you know, and you're, you're up on stage and doing these dance moves and you don't have a lot of clothes on. So, and I kind of, I don't know, I suppose prepared me for, you know, what was to come later, which was Chippendales because I spent some time um, as a Chippendale too. So. Right on dude. So let, let's talk about the stunt work. I want to ask okay. you like, um, when you were a kid, were you the kid that like got in trouble all the time by your parents because you were like uh, jumping off buildings and shit? They, um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I was just, uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty active as a child, yeah. and um, I, I, I remember like climbing trees and setting up furniture in the living room and and just jumping off of stuff and doing flips and landing onto mattresses and just stuff that I just made and it. I mean, eventually, I guess, like, my parents, you know, eventually just, you know, allowed me to do whatever it was. And then as long as I cleaned up and I didn't get hurt after it. But, um, yeah, I got into break dancing for a little bit. There's this move that uh, the, it was called the suicide. You just basically do a, a front flip and you land on your back. And so I, I was kind of known for doing that. But, yeah, I was kind of uh, kind of I bounced back a lot as a kid, you know. Uh, so luckily, I didn't totally, you know, hurt and myself. You're tall, dude. So being, you know, a six foot, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to, to be coordinated at a higher, you know, yeah. body, it's very difficult. Like I'm a big boxing fan, and there's okay. very few fighters that are very well coordinated. Um, I'm a big right. martial arts fan as well. Okay. And the bigger the guys get, it they kind of get like a little bit. They're not yeah. so great on their feet. Let's just put it that right, way. Right. Yeah. So, what, what, did you have to condition yourself, or were you naturally gifted to be able to do this? I I was um actually like I think it's just from the dance. Um, I, I just happened yeah, to I figured be, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just happened to be coordinated enough, and and like my balance is really really good. You know, I'm I'm very comfortable. Um, so yeah, it. it it just kind of came naturally for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Cause like whenever you watch TV and you watch the Olympics and you see these, these gymnasts and stuff and they're doing things, you know, a lot of times those dudes are like five foot six, five foot seven, five, Smaller. eight. Like, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, and if you ever go to any of the Cirque du Soleil shows, um, like Ka or O, or, and then you, you see these, people on stage do there's doing these really super amazing things and then you talk to them at the end they're like down here to you you know um, oh yeah but, absolutely yeah it, it's absolutely. it's like a, 
yeah. strength to, you know, it's like a power to weight ratio kind of thing, you know? It's crazy. You talk about power to weight. Like I met Manny Pacquiao at a press conference back in the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm only 5'8". Okay. Right now, walking around like 170. At the okay. time, I was probably like 150. Manny Pacquiao was like, he looks so small to me. Okay. But if yeah, this yeah. man puts a hand on you, you're going light out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Definitely. You're going straight up out. Yeah, and yeah. A very nice guy, by the way. Speaking okay. of um, athleticism, WWE, I I'm a wrestling guy. Okay. And I've been to a couple of live events. Those guys are stuntmen. Those women, yeah. too. The women, oh, my God. Lacey, have you ever watched Lacey Evans wrestle? I have not, no. Oh, uh, dude, this woman is out of control crazy good. Okay. And so we're front row at an event, and, um, you know, they flip off the top rope backwards onto the broadcast table. Mm -hmm. and, and you're looking at this, you're like, I know it's scripted, and people are like, Johnny, this thing is, you know, it's it's fake. I'm like, <laughs> this ain't fake, bro. I was there, and I saw I, this thing go dude. down. I was devastated when I found out that it was all scripted and stuff, man. I, but I, I grew up watching wrestling, too. Um, but, yeah, man, I, do, do you still watch it? Yeah. I, okay. Occasionally, like, I, I, I do. Um, we were a, a lot more into it a couple of years back because the kid was into it. I have a stepdaughter. She's okay. now 11. So she's getting a little older. She grew out okay. of it. So you right know on. how like you get into it, like where it's like if the kid really likes it, you like it. So I was sitting around three years ago, four probably, on Christmas and on break from okay. work, and and I caught Monday Night Raw, and I'm sitting there dying of laughter. I'm like, this is so juicy, this is so incredible. I okay. love all the drama. I love the the madness of it. Okay. And then the okay. kid comes out, she's watching it, and then she falls in love with Roman Reigns. Okay. So, yeah, so we, we went to events, and uh, luckily I had a guy out here that worked uh, T-Mobile. Um, okay. okay. And uh, the arena, and uh, he set me up with, like, you know, front row seats. And oh, wow. It, it was, bro, oh, it was awesome. so incredible. I'm so thankful for that guy for doing that. So, okay. again, speaking of stunts, you, you've done 27, uh, to my knowledge, um, acting credits. Uh, um, so what was the craziest stunt you ever had to perform? Okay. Um, there was one time that I, it actually happened at a, a live event, um, uh, rather than, a than a, a, a movie. Did you, did you want it like a, an actual, I mean, no, whatever, whatever was the craziest, like, uh, holy shit moment of your life when you had to do something. I, I remember I had to learn, uh, I did a, a special event and it was in Kansas, Kansas. I think it was Kansas. I, I want to say Wichita, Kansas. And, um, and they hired my second ex-wife and me at the time I had met, uh, this Venezuelan model, uh, slash, um, acrobat. She's a rhythmic gymnast. And, um, we got together and we put an act together, but anyways, we got hired together and I had to also, they wanted me to repel like, okay, imagine like, you know, you go to the Thomas and Mac and you know, that big scoreboard in the middle at the very top. Of course. Yep. I had to repel from something like that down to the ground, but instead of doing your traditional, uh, repelling where you're, you know, you're kind of sitting upright and, you know, you're, you're kind of sitting and you're, you're lowering yourself down. They wanted me to come uh, like Aussie style 
which is you're you're going face down first. So here I was like on top, and I like a buddy, you know, um, showed me how to do it, and we were, you know, using this apparatus that um, like he's friends with, you know, there's a bunch of Cirque du Soleil people that live in Vegas. And a lot of times they have like their own um, point is what they call it, but it's like a, a hook from the ceiling. And you, but anyways, they, they taught me how to do it there. And then after I left the place, you know, after I left him, you know, I was kind of on my own and then I got flown out to, to Kansas and they had, you know, a, a, a rigging person that was there that was, you know, union, but you know, they don't actually do it. So I had to kind of remember how to do this on my own. And so here's all these people at this special event <clears throat> in this big basketball stadium. And, um, I had to do this repelling stuff. And I was, I remember I was just like lowering myself down. Like, I'm like, Holy crap, dude, if I, you know, do something wrong or something's not hooked up right. Yeah. I'm, I'm landing on, on uh, this ground that's like, I don't know, it's about a terrible 200, <laughs> 200 feet up, you know? So uh, there's that. And then I, I, I had to, I, I worked at, um, there's a pirate stunt show that's uh, in Buena Park here in, in LA and in, uh, in Orange County. And uh, I remember for that role, I had to learn how to do a, a, a three-story um, uh, high fall which um that's that's scary too and that okay whenever you do like a stunt or if you do parkour or you're doing a backflip you have to um kind of embrace it and you have to commit to doing it so like anytime if you hesitate if you second guess yourself if you start going into something you go oh wait and then that's when you end up getting hurt you know if you throw a backflip yeah. and then you you stop your rotation in the middle of it that's when you land on your head so the thing about doing a, a high fall is that you know some people the hard part is just committing to the fall just allowing yourself to to go because what some people tend to do is they start you know their fall and then they hesitate or they second guess themselves and then they try to grab something and they end up falling all kinds of weird and don't land on the mat correctly and stuff you know so that was you know something that i had to to learn how to do is to embrace the fall and and you know just commit to it you know yeah, that's incredible i mean i i was always curious about how that worked because you see people do some great work you know you lived in vegas I'm from Vegas at this point in time, originally from New Jersey, but I live in Vegas. Yeah. We, we mm -hmm. see stunt performers all the time. We see people that are in shows all the time, and that's how they get, you know, their income, and that's how they make their money. And But it's just – it's so remarkable for, for me to see how someone is able to, like, really throw themselves in harm's way, even yeah. if it's in film. Like, you see things in film where, you know, I, I looked at other uh, stuntmen in the past, like – you know, I mean, in a more comical way, Super Super Dave, remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah, Super Dave Osborne. <laughs> He's hilarious. That guy man. used to do some crazy shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, uh, you're you're in LA now. What what are you up to? What are you doing to pass the time? Um, for me, it's television. My family, of course. Okay. I got a Chihuahua. I love. Okay, very yeah. Much. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. man. I, I play drums. I, I record music. I do shows like yeah. we're doing right now. And by okay. the way, thank you. This is an excellent time. What have you been doing to uh, to pass the time for yourself? Um. So, like, you know, this whole last year, you know, everybody's been kind of cooped up in in their house or whatever. And, you know, we've been kind of quarantining. And um, for me personally, uh, I've been um, binge watching a lot of uh, a lot of movies uh, and Which TV ones? shows. Which um, movies I, and TV shows? So, like, right now I, I, I got started into watching uh, Warrior on uh, uh what is it uh hbo max and um mandalorian of course uh, oh my god we gotta go yeah. there <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh wandavision i've gotten into that uh which is like surprising because i don't know like have you seen any episodes yet on no on uh, no, no, I, have, I haven't seen that show but i've definitely seen mandalorian okay, and okay. season two was phenomenal Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, and people, if you haven't seen it yet, then I'm sorry. We're going to spoil things. Did you know it was Luke Skywalker at the end that was coming in? I did not know. I, I, it was a really super cool moment, but I, I no, I didn't. I predicted uh, it. I told my wife, it? yep, I told my okay. wife about three weeks before, I was like, Luke Skywalker's coming back to this thing, man. Mm -hmm. and, and people are like I, I told a lot of people that and they're like i don't know man i'm like i'm telling you i'm telling you baby and then i saw baby yoda meditate <laughs> and then like call out the jedis i'm like he's right. going to luke is oh, who else is coming right they're all yeah, dead yeah. they're all the only person that's logical to come is luke right right because yeah, it's yeah. right after return of the jedi right, so right. when i saw that moment john favreau did a great job with this thing oh, definitely like everything he touches is gold there was some really super amazing moments in the second season. I, I, you know, I went through and watched it twice. So yeah, I mean, this definitely Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, and um, oh and wow, Ahsoka that was Tano. a brilliant episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, uh, Favreau, Filoni, um, they. Are, yeah. I mean, and I, I, I did some background work on the Mandalorian. So um, season oh, two. Episode one, the very opening scene where they're the two Gamorians that are fighting with each other. I am a blur on the top right corner of where the when Dinjarin, you know, the man, Mando is sitting down talking to the one-eyed um, uh, alien. But I'm I'm like in the top right corner. You can't see me very well, but I got a chance to meet uh, John Favreau and just just being. Like, because nowadays it's like Disney is at the top of their game as far as uh, production and movies and TV shows. They are the big kid on the block. Like, you know how in Vegas it's like um, Cirque du Soleil is like the king in Vegas, but yep. in in Southern California it's it's Disney. And you know, a lot of the people that were on set, you know, probably filmed uh, the Avengers or uh, the Last Jedi. You know. Uh, but um, definitely, I, it was it was such a really cool experience, and like the set that they used, it was supposed to look like an underground um, fighting arena, and it was supposed to be kind of industrial looking. And so, what they had was this this warehouse space, and they used some kind of technology that um, it, it kind of shows um, like a. a 
it's a like more of a visual like it's it comes from a like a projector i think that they use and that's how they didn't have to paint anything or bring any kind of hardware or install any practical, practical sets man Old yeah thing. it was yep. it, it, yeah, it was just like really cool watching them in action and seeing them, you know, do their work and stuff. So another awesome. thing is like they don't like, for instance, they don't call the Mandalorian the Mandalorian on set. Like, you know, whenever you drive to um, to a set of something filming and there's these yellow signs that are posted that, you know, they'll say base camp or, you know, this production this way so that you know that you're headed in the right direction. So they don't ever say, oh, Mandalorian, because then if people find out, they'll be like, you know, wanting to come and take a look and see if they can find Pedro Pascal or whatever, you know. But yeah. uh, there's like a code name for it. And that's what they do a lot of times in the movie industry. Like Tenet was not called Tenet on set. It was called something else, which, you know, their code name. And then we had to wear these these cover up kind of smocks over our, our uh, costumes and that had a hood. So anytime you weren't on set, if you went to the bathroom, if you went to the craft service area, if you went to eat, you had to put on this smock and this hoodie. And so people couldn't take pictures and they take your camera away from you when you show up on set. So they're wow. tight as far as, you know, what, you know, comes in and out and stuff. They don't so, want anything to leak. And that's why a lot yeah. of people were surprised with Luke Skywalker thing and talking about Disney. I mean, shit, ESPN. They got that under wraps, you know, uh, like that's they own UFC, yeah. the sports, oh, yeah. you know, um, they, they, Marvel they own, Universe, Star they, Wars. Own the, they won't Marvel, yeah, Pixar, yeah, so Pixar? Uh, definitely, yeah, it, it, I mean, I usually try to not do any background or extra work, but just, how could they, you say no to that, though? Well, yeah, they, they <laughs> made up me. And I, I guess they, they liked my look and offered me to, to work on set. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, if I can be on the set of The Mandalorian, yeah, totally. That's but, amazing, uh, man. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and, um, and yeah, great experience, it, definitely. It's a great TV show in, in a time where television is more necessary than ever. We have right. time on our hands. Okay. Things are weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I love my sports. But right I, have you watched Cobra Kai at all? I did, yeah, yeah. You like it? Uh, definitely, yeah. It, they, <laughs> they, it was interesting how, okay, like they kind of changed the storyline or like the point of view, the perspective to Johnny's perspective. Because like you, you got, you got, you know, growing up, you you saw, you know, Ralph Macho or you know Daniel's perspective of what was going on. But then you know, like when they redid it you know it was, it was kind of cool that they took like a different uh, approach to it and, and flipped it around and made it interesting for you know the old fans of it you know as well as you know bringing in new fans so definitely very very well written it's Absolutely. just exactly that's exactly what it is very well written it's got like the old school 80s cheddar cheese like martial arts film which i'm a junkie for like okay. I, I love old school martial arts films dude right on. and Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And 80s, 90s stuff. That's what I grew up on. And I still watch them to this day. Okay. You know? okay. And uh, so to see that element and then bring in the new school thing and then flip the script a little bit. And Johnny's character is just so good. He's right. so funny. Right. You end up feeling, you know, yeah, you end up feeling kind of, um, you know, 
sorry for him or you know compassion you, you yeah, you, yeah you do and but you see his his point of view and then you 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 root for him you know because right. he's that guy like the little engine that could kind of guy you know what right, I'm right. Like, he should yeah, have been yeah. able to do better with his life because he's smart and he's funny and he's right. got skill and talent but he just <laughs> never had the opportunity right. um and then there's there's good like comic elements like because he's kind of oh. You know, behind with the times and not into social media or anything. Or, but but yeah. he's trying to work the computers and whatnot. <laughs> right, yeah. That's so me to this, this day. What's that? That's me to this day. Oh, is that just like, <laughs> oh dude, I suck. Like, people are like, yo, you run a show and you do all this music recording shit. I'm like, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't know how to do anything. Oh, like, okay. honestly, I have to be real. I have to keep it honest. Like, there's times where I start a show and we're doing, like, different platforms because everyone likes a different platform. Some people are Zoom, Skype, whatever. Uh And um, so I'm like, I'm like, babe, they can't hear me. They can't hear me. I don't want to keep my guests waiting. I'm like, babe, help me, help me. And she'll come in (laughs) and she'll, like, click a button. And then there we are. We're good. Dude, wow. And if it wasn't for her, I I probably would have lost 10 shows. Is she an IT person? She's just very smart. She's okay. Very smart. All yeah, right. she's great. She's just super, super smart. And um, actually, she's helping me write a screenplay right okay. now. And oh, she keeps cool. giving me, yeah, thank you, man. I'm in my third act, and she keeps okay. giving me ideas. And last night, she gave me an idea. I'm like, oh, man, you know, it changed like the whole course, but in a good way. Do you do okay. any writing? Do you do um, any? I kind don't. Of- I, I no? don't. And and I I wish I wish that I did. Uh, there's there's some ideas that I have. I mean, like. First off, I was always kind of in the back of my mind. I was always wanting to write um, a, a book about, you know, my experiences and, um, you know, but I'm kind of hesitant about it just because, you know, I'm thinking, well, I'm partial to it. Um, so I have like a, a, like a degree of vested interest in it. But, you know, will other people find it? interesting to read is i would is think so one. i would think they would just based on okay. this conversation there's oh, no okay i appreciate it. it okay thank yeah. you thanks um it's just something that i've wanted to do um just coming you know being a, a foreign kid coming to america and you know trying to become an entertainer um that's just kind of um just the premise of it so um but yeah there's other stuff that i would want to include just um stuff that's kind of beaten me down or you know things that i've struggled with so um yeah thanks for asking it's on that's on the list of things to do yeah i was gonna say so what's next for you man like uh you've done a lot you know and it seems like you're hanging in there good and tight like which we all need to do right now because man i know some Uh, people that i talk to i'm just like Yo, homie, let me help you out, bro. What can I do? <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, talk you off the ledge type of thing. But um, you have any projects lined up or is right now just chill time? Well, um, so at this point, I, um, I, the next gig or the next um, uh, film project that I, I've been cast in is called uh, Clown Motel to Death Do Us Part. And it's the uh, stack. It's a second installment, uh, the sequel from the first Clown Motel. So I think, like, um, just with the uh, success of um, what's it called? Um, uh, you know, movies like Joker and um, it. Uh, a lot of people kind of started 
jumping onto the clown bandwagon. And I don't know if you know this or not, but um, in the independent film world, um, action movies sell well, and um, and 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 horror movies sell well. Yes, sir. And it, yes, sir. Um, and it's just the uh, the idea is that it works out this way because a punch or a kick is the same in every language. You don't have to translate, you know, any sort of, there's no loss in translation. Same thing with a, a ghost or a monster. It's the same in any language or, or whatever, you know? So, um, a lot of people kind of jumped onto the, the clown bandwagon. Uh, and so, yeah, you, 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 there's been like a lot of different, you know, kind of clown horror films that have been. You ever uh, seen the Attack of the Killer Clowns? That was like the freakiest. That sounds familiar. I've seen in my life. I'm pretty sure I have. Is that uh, is that uh, one of your your personal faves? Oh, man. You know, with horror, it's funny. I've, I've been uh, actually um, interviewing a lot of horror directors and writers. And okay. my girlfriend, you know, my wife rather, finds it very, very funny um, how I respond to horror. Because I'm like a baby. Like, literally, like, I am just straight up. Like, I got to be like this all the time, cover my eyes and being all no way, Really? Okay. Do the hills have eyes? Um, uh -huh. uh, what was the other one? Hostile? Okay. Okay. Oh, hostile. Oh, yeah. God. I, Any, I'm like, I can't take this. Anytime, like, there's. The, you remember there was, like, that MTV show that was, I think it was called Scars or something? And it showed. Okay. It showed, like, people like skaters and they're doing some trick or something and they like they're gonna do a grind on a rail and they slip and then they fall and they break something and they show that i can't i have a hard i've never gotten through watching a single episode of that uh so yeah like uh costal was a little tough to watch um well, <clears> i think tough. girls eyeballs hanging out and right. you know it's, it's crazy like you know, I, I used to box and I, I I was always an athlete, did martial arts my whole yeah. life. And it's like you would think I'd be tougher than this. But then when something comes out, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. Like, I just can't. Like, it's like. Sometimes it's just the visual of seeing, you know, things like that. It just kind of it's kind of difficult to I mean, that's which is why, you know, like uh, it's it's great that you have like these essential workers and. Yes. And first responders that are able to be there and they're able to stay in control in difficult situations like that. And I was talking to somebody the other day that, that did that for a living and I was like, wow, man, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, I'm sure that when you're a paramedic and you roll up to an accident or something, you never know, you know, what you're going to see or, or have to deal with. And, you know, they have to, go through these um, scenarios where they hire actors to come in and play victims. And so, you know, like these victims are, you know, they're supposed to be like screaming in pain or writhing in agony and stuff and just, you know, create this tension where these first responders have to be able to act and, and, and do things and, and, and make the situation stabilize it and stuff and not lose it, you know? So very, very yeah, hard. Man. And you're very familiar with Vegas. Like, for those that are listening that are not familiar with Vegas, we got some bad accidents out here. Like, um, I moved from New Jersey to Vegas, and I was like, I couldn't believe, first of all, the driving temperament. Uh, <laughs> it's a melting pot, a hybrid of just everyone from across the world. Because nobody really that's living in Vegas is originally from Vegas. 
They're right. from like everywhere. So right, now you right. got like New York drivers, you got New Jersey drivers, you got California mm-hmm. drivers, you got everything. Right. And the first accident I saw, there was like helicopters and fire trucks. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Yeah. And then you see cars like I saw like a car on top of another car flipped upside down. Oh wow. The um, what was it? The two fifteen. Okay. And I'm like, how the hell did that even happen? How is it, yeah. How is that? Yeah, I don't exactly. even know. It's, it's, it's that's the point. And dude, the, how about the red lights out here in Vegas? It the I, worst. Yeah. Well, I you know something that I've noticed because um, like I've been in LA for about five years now. And okay. when I go back to Vegas, which I'm, I'm I got to make a trip back next week, but like yeah, something man, that I've noticed. Hang if we can, okay, yeah, catch right. up. yeah, man. Um, so one of the things that I noticed is that okay, the streets there are still new, and I mean they're still doing a lot of construction and stuff, but they're in Always. good condition. But it feels like everybody kind of races each other from one stoplight to the next stoplight. Have you ever gotten that feeling? Absolutely. Do you ever, do you ever feel like when you when you see exactly when you see that that yellow, you know, mm-hmm. or like you know it's green, but it's been green for a minute, right? And, and you're coming and approaching to it, and you're like, you just you bolt. It's right. like remember in Star Wars when Lando Carissian like bolts out of the Death Star right before <laughs> it blows up, and they just barely make it. <laughs> That's how I picture it. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, you punch it. You just go for it. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a wide spectrum of driving styles in Vegas. There's you know like it's there's insane. I remember the cabs, the taxi cab drivers, and they're really aggressive. Um, they they tend to be, and then you have people that are here from like the Midwest, and they kind of are busy looking around, and and they're driving kind of slow. So yeah, definitely just odd driving and then like if it ever rains there it's kind of like people kind of speed up too like they're not used to driving in oh, the rain lose their mind yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've ever played like uh i don't know if you're into video games grand theft oh, auto yeah. has something called madness mode where you can oh, like okay. put in a code and everyone acts like crazy <laughs> that's what i feel like happens yeah man when it rains in vegas they don't know what to do right yeah and and i, I and i I used to ride a, a motorcycle when I when I lived in Vegas. I got rid of it when I moved to LA. But, wow, um, you're brave. You yeah, are yeah. strong, man. Dude, like, <laughs> but you see stuff like people would make a right hand turn from the left hand lane. It's just you know, but yeah, that's 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 Vegas, definitely. Yeah, that's Vegas, brother. So yeah, anytime you're out here, man, um, uh, you know, hit me up and we'll catch up and stuff. And anytime you, you want to come back to the show and update. Our listeners, uh, which the show will be available um, in just a few, uh, an hour or so oh, on okay. iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere, Google Play, right. Amazon. And I'll send you the links, my brother. Can you tell us how uh, our listeners can find you and, and research your work? Okay. So um, um, my website is uh, www.showgun, S H O W G U N N. Uh, gun like my last name with two ends dot com um, Instagram at Paul Gun Actor all one word Twitter is the same at Paul Gun Actor and um, I just opened up a, a TikTok account it's kind of fun um, but that's uh, <laughs> at the Gunman and again that's uh, Gun with two ends that's a, yeah. that's a great that's a great handle <laughs> oh, I mean I I um I well 
my family and I are from Thailand and I don't know, like you, you've been in martial arts, so you probably met some Thai people before, but Thai, Thai names are just kind of hard to spell and hard to pronounce. So I uh, filed a court petition and changed my name. So I just use gun as my last name now. I mean, but like, what's up, man. uh, And I, I, I love like Muay Thai. Uh, it was a discipline I studied in very, okay. very hard martial art. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I think it's the hardest one. I saw them like uh, when I went to Thailand, I went to Lumpenny Stadium and watched, you know, uh, live. And it's, they really, they put it on, man. They, they don't it. play. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't play with their food, bro. They eat. You know? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but I, I mean. Say, yep. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, man. I want to uh, real quick shout out uh, Kim Couples for setting this up. Great friend and uh, great, great person. And uh, thank you, Kim. She's... yes, thank you, Kim. And I got to thank you, man. Like this was amazing uh, experience, and um, I love the fact that I was able to pick your brain on all these things. Again, like I said, you're a man of many hats: singer, dancer, actor, model, stuntman. Try to, man, whatever it takes, brother. I mean, sometimes you got to adapt and learn new skills and, you know, um, make stuff happen, brother. You know how it is. You got to do know, it. Yeah. 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 It, it, so, it's got to be versatile. Yep. Exactly. Even with me. Yeah, with thank music, you, yep. I, I'm a teacher by trade, do drums and mm-hmm. learn piano and guitar. Like and you're writing a screenplay. Too, writing man. a screenplay and teaching boxing. And you're doing podcasts. And, and do a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I hey, I'm you just in a different lifetime, man. Well, well exactly. That's why I relate to you so well, brother. Uh, that's why I said, uh, brother from different mother. You remember, like, in um, what was it, Meet the Parents, when De Niro says, I'm everywhere, Fokker. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's the way to do oh, it. That was a classic movie, man. <laughs> so funny. I mean, De Niro, dude. I mean, the versatility on that guy. Speaking of versatile, like, Jesus, man, he could do a funny movie and he could be like, you know, in Goodfellas and, you know, whacking you. That's, um, I mean, that's the, uh, that's a mark of a good act. I mean, because I think like the thing about being an actor is that you want to be versatile and you want to be able to change into different roles, different characters, have different um, gestures and different demeanor and stuff. So it, it stays fresh. And so like a lot of actors kind of tend to stick to, what they're comfortable with, what they're used to doing. And like, for me personally, I always, I turned down uh, martial arts roles. I, I, and that nothing against martial arts. I totally respect sure martial thing. arts and, and, and the discipline and everything. Uh, just for me personally, uh, it's just like, it, it's, I, I, I don't want to ever do like stereotypical Asian roles. So like no martial arts stuff, no geeky nerdy stuff. And I just feel that it kind of perpetuates a stereotype that keeps us pigeonholed from ever being able to do any other roles. So I always try to do roles that um, that show that I have, you know, acting skills and chops and that uh, I'm not just, you know, oh, I should be a martial artist because I just happen to be Asian. So uh, but that's just my own personal thing. No, that, that's 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 beautiful, man, because it's like. The whole thing is that you want to show versatility and and not just be like you said, like you know, typecasted and in, in certain yeah. things, you know. Yeah. And yeah. some well, actors like De Niro will get that, but then I, what I like is that he's able to branch out and do funny shit, right, you know. Right. 
and, and some people like they take themselves way too seriously or you see like certain actors and I, and I love the certain particular actors. I'm not going to mention their names, but you, you know what you're going to expect. It's like, you know what you're going to get every single time. It's just right. them in a different movie, but it's right. the same person every single time. Pretty so much. Yeah. Th that's why I like a lot of actors that are very, very diverse. Um, because yeah. you know, like uh, Mel Gibson is very good at being diverse. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Braveheart, right? And then you look at what a woman wants, and then you look mm -hmm. at Lethal Weapon, right? Wow. Oh. Or Dan shit. Daniel Day Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, uh, he's another one. Yep. Like he like kind of melts into the character. You just kind of forget that you're watching Daniel Day Lewis, and you just see the character. You know. Gary Oldman's um, like that too. Gary Oldman, yeah, absolutely. Very good. I mean, there's movies where you're looking at them and you can't even like recognize them. You're like, right. I know, I know who's uh, that voice is kind of from, like who? Who the hell? I'm like, that's Gary Oldman. Exactly. Like, you know? Yeah, and, and that's... I, I tell you what, one of my one of my favorite actors of all time, um, uh, Sopranos actor uh, James Gandolfini, the lead. Mm -hmm. I thought he was a tremendous actor. You know. Oh yeah. So much emotion to his character, and in even though he played the stereotype, but he had a lot of versatility and the, like the guy next door type of guy. Like it wasn't, it wasn't so spot on that it was like bullshit. You know what I mean? Like it was just very believable. Sure. And I, I think he was a very great, great actor. And Definitely. I think you're a great actor. I think you're a great entertainer. I, I think you're it, a great guy. Uh Thank you. Likewise. Uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to have me here and chatting with me. And it's great to meet you and, and listen to your story as well. And, um, yeah, anytime uh, you'd like to have me back, I'd, I'd be honored. Hell yeah, man. Anytime, brother.